This podcast is for mature adults and may contain explicit language. The members of this podcast opinions are solely based on their experiences, interactions, and life situations. It does not reflect the views of everyone. Viewer discretion is advised. Hey, what's up? You're listening to Lee Peeped It with the Topic Queen, and we are back for another episode. And before we get into the swing of things, I just want to remind you guys that you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at We Peeped It First, and you can hit the Topic Queen up at DA Topic Queen on Instagram and Twitter, and Peep the One and Only on Instagram and Twitter. If you would like to email us with any suggestions or ideas, or if you want to be a part of a show, you can hit us up at wepeepeditfirst at gmail.com. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor. So make sure you guys do that. And you guys can also help sustain this podcast by donating monthly if you would like to. Also, if you guys would like to participate, you can call in and you can call us at 510 510- Two seven four one three four seven. So don't forget to do that. And lastly, before we get going here, you guys can also send a text to um, you can text talent to six four six zero zero. And what that is is a special guest app, and you can book us for your live entertainment. You got a party, you got a wedding, whatever you have going on. If you want us to come by and um, you know, do a back podcast at your bar or restaurant, we're able to do that. So again, you can text talent to 64600 on the special guest app. So I just wanted to remind you guys. So the first thing we're really going to get into here is discussing the um, LBG key, LBGTQ. Oh my goodness. Like it's kind of hard saying that. <laughs> community <laughs> it is like i don't know if you guys watch like the dave Chappelle stand-up but he was trying to say it and he was like abcd <laughs> efg and i'm like oh my gosh i'm like trying to say that but the lbgtq community um we want to discuss a few things and kind of really how um this idea came about and me discussing this was i actually like went out the other night and with some friends and like we went out for drinks or whatever And this conversation came up and it pretty much was about the conversations that the community doesn't really like to speak on, but they should speak on. And it's a conversation that people need to bring to the table because I feel like there's a lot of confusion um, when it comes to this. And one of the things that actually came to mind or one of the things that we actually discussed when we went out was, is it fair for someone who has transitioned to play sports with the opposite sex. So say you are a man who decided to transition into a woman and you want to play sports, but you want to play sports, you know, in a woman league. Is that right? Like, what do you think about that topic queen? I think that it depends on the age in which you transitioned. Um, I think if you transition before you go through puberty, then I don't see anything wrong with you. Um, contributing to sports in the sex that you transition to. Um, I think it becomes an issue when you fully go through puberty um, one way or the other, and um, then you try to uh, participate in sports that you have transitioned to. I don't think that that really makes the playing field fair uh, for a woman transitioning into a man or a man transitioning into a woman. Um, But if you can catch them before adolescent age, then I think – um, they've lived the majority of their life transitioned to that sex. 
um, hormones, therapy, and all of those things, um, I don't know if you'd really be able to tell the difference then. But as a grown person that's already gone through puberty, I, I I don't really think that that's fair. Um, and I could see on their side feeling like um, it's not my fault I was trapped in this body and that I should have the same opportunities as everybody else, um, which I would definitely agree with. But I think that they need to make a fix for that by um, almost how they do the Special Olympics where they have um, specialty sports for people that transition because there are so many people today that have transitioned or living their life right. this way. Um, um, and if they can come up with a league like they do for women's leagues, if they could come up with leagues the same way, which could make the playing field a lot more even, I think that that's, that's fair. But um, I, I honestly think that's a question on depending for me on when they transition. I agree. I think that if we came up with more leagues specifically for that group, it wouldn't be an issue and it wouldn't be as much confusion. Like you said, if you have made the decision to transition, let's, let's use like Bruce Jenner, for example, like if you're way obviously past puberty and you're making the decision to transition, then you decide that like, Oh, Hey, I want to go play in the WNBA or something like that. I don't think that would be right. No, I that and that's what I mean. I don't think that's I don't think that's fair. I don't think that you can go through puberty as a male and decide at even 21 years old that you're going to transition to be a woman and now you want to play um, you know, in the WNBA. I I don't think that's fair to the other women that play in that league, nor do I feel a woman that has transitioned to be a male has already turned 21, decides that she wants to live her life as a male because she, that's her choice, and then decide that, um, oh, I can go play in the NFL. Um, your body has not been built for that for years. Your body has has uh, matured as a woman, so you don't have the same strength as a man to go out there and be tackled by men at the speed and rate in which they do it. Um, but maybe if you had transitioned younger before you went through puberty, maybe that might be something different. So um, I, I just really think it depends on all when you catch it. I just feel like the fix for this would be to have special leagues for people that are transitioning, like they have the WNBA for women or they have this um, special needs programs for people that have special needs, um, um, the paraplegic for people that are in right. wheelchairs. I don't think there's anything wrong for having a special league, something that's, um, you know, equal, equal to what we have going on now, but also makes the playing field fair because you're always going to have people that feel like it's not right. fair. Um, no matter what age right. they transition, right. um, people have their own beliefs and things of that nature, not saying that it's right or wrong, but, um, everybody has a right to believe what they believe. And so I think the, like I said, the fix for it would be to have special leagues for them. Um, but I do think it comes down to when they transition. Uh, I think you transitioning at, you know, after puberty, is kind of, it's you have an unfair advantage one way or another, or it's unfair because you haven't, you know, built those type of muscles. You or, naturally have that like manly type of gene. Right. Exactly. So I think, um, I think that makes all the difference. I mean, and you know, a lot of people are conflicted about this, uh, Dave Chappelle stand up. I'm not sure if you've seen it, but he, he, I mean, he had the perfect example. He was like, if LeBron James decided that if he woke up one morning and decided that he wanted to be a woman and then he wanted to go play in the WNBA, would that be fair? Because no, he would literally go out there and score 800 points <laughs> on those women. Like I thought that was just like a perfect example. 
Right. No, I haven't seen it, but I tell my bucket list to see. I know there's mm-hmm. been a lot of noise about it because he did harp on a lot of issues that people are yeah. sensitive about. Yeah. But I think um, that's the job of the comedian is to talk about things that people are not right. comfortable with. Um, that's where comedy usually comes from. It comes from pain. It comes from issues that people don't really want to talk about and make jokes out of it, but it's, it's real life situation. And I think that, um, instead of being, a, starting off being offended, that there's conversations that need to be had so people can right. be more comfortable right. about having these conversations. And the less that we openly have these conversations for people like us that may not understand right, right, right. it fully, we may be very, uh, uh, sympathetic to the cause, but we don't know all of the ins and outs and it would be nice for people to be a little bit more open about conversations instead of canceling people or getting defensive or, you know, that's cis against trans women. Like I don't, I don't really buy into that. I think that um, there's just conversations that this community has to be comfortable with having and understand that people are asking questions because they don't know. And if they're asking questions, they don't know, and they're curious on knowing, then you should be open enough to share that information with them so that they can grow and they can understand where you're coming from because it's it new to a lot of people. A lot right. of people are no, not no, exposed you're very to right. this. I think, so. in, you know, in some ways it's like a culture shock and within like the last couple you know, years, more people have opened up about their sexuality, about wanting to transition or being gay. More people have come out the closet because before it was just something that, you know, nobody ever really talked about. And people were scared to come out because they come from such conservative backgrounds. Right. You're, you're absolutely right. I think, and I think the stigma that came along with being gay, like I was watching, um, or being part of the LGBTQ community, because before it was just about if yeah. you were gay yeah. or if you were lesbian. Now it's, 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 it's way bigger than that. So, um, you know, really understanding that. And sometimes, you know, not to be completely ignorant, but sometimes I don't even know what right. all these letters mean. No, no. I mean, you know, I, I may know what the letter stands for, but I don't know exactly what that right. means. Right, what does right. queer mean? You know, what is that? What is queer different from being gay? And, and so I think, um, that would be a really good show for us to have is to have right. somebody from the LBGTQ community come on and explain to us what the differences are and what that means. Because um, I know a lot of people have troubles figuring out what's the difference between a transvestite and a transgender. And um, what's the other one? Um, there's another one that's a trans trans. Um, Oh, I can't even think of the other one, but there's there, there's a couple of them that are, are are kind of close together, and it's if you if you don't really get educated on it, you can say the wrong things. I was just about to say that like they don't like to be called certain things, and so you know some people are different. Some people don't mind it, and then some people have an issue with it. So it's like it's just a matter, I guess, who the person is, and like you said, um, I really wanted to have this conversation to open up the door for people from that community to come on and express their thoughts and to educate us and our audience members. Yeah, I, I think I think I think that would be really good because I think there is a, a, a not a stigma, but there's a misunderstanding there, and I think people have been afraid to really ask questions because it. Be- it, it becomes a fight and it's not necessarily a fight. Some people just really want to be educated and understand where you're coming from. And so we have to have these conversations where people can express where they're coming from. And even if they don't agree, we can get to a point where oh, we agree uh, yeah, or disagree. 100%. I think that 
you can't go around calling people ignorant and bashing people if people are out there trying to educate themselves. And you have to be open to having these conversations. That's the only way people are going to get educated about it. It's just like, for example, um, you know, you're hanging around with somebody non-black and they don't understand that there's just certain things that you don't say you don't do. I mean, we've talked about this all the time about using the N-word and things like that. There's just certain things you don't do and, you know, not putting us all in this box and stereotyping us. So I feel like you have to be open to have this com- <laughs> these conversations. We're open about, you know, being black and the things that you don't do and the things that's not acceptable within our, you know, community. So I feel like people from that community should be open about it. Yeah, I think they should be open about it and not lead from a place of, of defense because a lot of a lot of people are literally just trying to understand. Um, you know, they're just really, really trying to understand because um, we have not been exposed to um, this community, you know, for a, a long time. It's just now becoming to a point where it's a part of everyday life where you see it every day where it's celebrated. So I think if we're at the point now where we're celebrating and we're at the point now where there's same-sex marriages. I think that we need to get to a point where we can have these conversations. And if people are saying things out of ignorance, then it's time to educate them without being defensive. Because we spend a lot of time as black people right. in our day-to-day explaining things to people that sometimes we feel like we shouldn't have to explain. But we do because that's the way we have to go throughout our life. That's the plight that we carry with us for being who we are. It's about so, bridging the gap. <laughs> right. And I think educating people will help people under, at least understand where you're coming from. You know, like I said, and, and, have, and understanding that um, because they, just because they understand where you're coming from doesn't mean they have to agree with it. Right. And I think that's where the disconnect comes from is that um, you're going to have people that you sit down with and have these conversations. And at the end of the day, their values may not change on how they feel about that particular lifestyle. And you have to be okay with people not understanding it. Just like we have to be okay with there's going to be certain people that are just racist. And there's nothing that you can do. There's nothing you can say. There's nothing you can explain to them that is ever going to shake their values. So you have to understand. We've understand that. that okay, those are just people that I can't talk to. We've gotten to a point where we agree to disagree and we right. can't be around each other because we don't see eye to eye, right? Well, I think in this community needs to be the same way. You need to be able to leave the table and go, at least they heard me out. Whether they agree with my lifestyle or not, at least right. they heard And me. I think hate and people coming after you versus somebody that doesn't agree with you is something completely different because you just gave the perfect ex- example. You know, we all do not practice the same religion. So like I said, somebody who may come from a conservative background or specific background may specifically believe in something. And that's not how they choose to live the their life. That doesn't mean that they have an issue with you and your decision. It just means that they don't agree with that for themselves. It doesn't mean that they hate you. They just, <laughs> that doesn't align up with what they believe. Yeah. And, you, and I think being okay with that shows a sign of maturity and shows a sign of moving your, your plight, your agenda forward, because you're, there are, everybody's not going to like you. Everybody's not going to agree with the way you live your life, whether you're gay, straight, black, white, Asian, purple, yellow, green, it doesn't matter. So you have to get a, a, a point in your life where you're okay for people to just not agree. And it's okay for you not to agree, but I'm okay with my life. And I like the way that I live my life. And at least you heard me out. And I think that's where we need to get. I always say if people were just a little bit more kind in the world, the world would be a better place right. because it's okay to agree to disagree. And we don't have to cuss each other out and get all b- belligerent. It's just, okay, we see it differently. Right. No, I agree. And that brings me to my next, 
uh, next question is at what age do you talk about I mean sexuality with your with your kids what do you think is a good age because we also had this conversation when I went out the other night like what really is a good age for you to talk about with a child because I nowadays I feel like children are exposed to so much more and at this age like at five to seven ten years old I wasn't thinking about those type of things yeah and you know this just brings me to the to everything is so sexualized these days so and and kids don't yeah. go outside and play as much as anymore as like we did when we were kids a lot more kids are in front of electronics um instagram excuse me youtube Twitter, you, um, yeah. you know yeah all the little gadget gadget instagram twitter kids are getting phones at a younger younger age like it's it's to me, it's like an epidemic, you know, and, and this is kind of what comes with it. It's like, you know, the, the Internet is a blessing and a curse because um, you have a lot of kids that can't do basic things like go find mm-hmm, a book mm-hmm. in the library because everything is so at their fingertips. So when you're talking about sexuality, I think it depends on the kid um, because you have kids these days that are starting their period at eight, nine years old. So you eventually have to have some type of conversation about sex and their body at some age. I, um, right, I, right. I think it depends. Um, I think it's levels because I think when you, when your kid goes into kindergarten and they're out of your out of your care twenty four seven and they're going in someplace foreign and you're putting um, the care of your child in somebody else, you have to have that right. conversation with your child right. about oh, where it's appropriate to be touched and where it's not appropriate to be touched. So that's a sexual conversation right there. And then you have the the puberty conversation where your teen is going through puberty, whether it's male or female, and having that conversation about how their body is changing. And usually along with that comes not at least right. along with it or not too far behind it is the conversation about sex and what it is to have sex and what it means to have it and what are your family values when it right, comes to right. sex. Some family values are, you know, you don't have sex until marriage. Um, you know, some people family values are, you know, if you're gonna I'd rather you wait, but if you're gonna have sex, at least come to me so that we can have this conversation and get you the right, you know, um, protection for yourself, birth control, condoms, you know, and have that real in-depth conversation. Some kids never have that conversation with their parents because their parents didn't have their conversation with them. So they just don't talk about it. And they end up finding out about sex through the internet or through their friends or sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you don't want when it gets to that point. It's already like too late. (laughs) It's too late. So it's, you know, for me, it was, you know, I, I, I just, I gave, basically just went through the timeline of how my parents did it. Basically, you know, when you're a young kid and you're going to school and you're not in your front and your parents care a hundred percent of the time, you know, knowing, you know, where people can, should, should touch you and not touch you and what's inappropriate and knowing what's inappropriate and knowing what to do when someone touches you inappropriately to you going through puberty right, and having right. a period and what that means and, you know, all of those things to, okay, mm-hmm. now you're about to enter high school. You're going to go to high school and there's going to be boys that are 18 years old. They're going to look like grown men. And these are the type of things we're going to say to you. And, you know, you have to make these smart decisions for yourself. No one can really tell you when you're ready for sex, but if you're ready for sex, you know, this is the conversation that we need to be having. And this is what you need to come and tell me. And now they've changed, especially in California where to where if you're a teenager, you you have your own doctor you can go have that conversation right. privately with your doctor like hey i'm ready for sex and i want to get on birth control and you can have that conversation with your doctor if you're 16 years mm-hmm. of age or older mm-hmm. without even your parents getting involved so i mean 
I just think that it just depends. It depends on, and then it may be even younger in age because think if you have a young boy that's like six, seven years old and he only wants to play with Barbie dolls and he's always trying to wear dresses and he's always playing in your shoes. Like you need to start having that conversation. It depends on the kid. That's what I was about to say. I think it depends on the child and the maturity level. And I think if you are active in your child's life, then you know your child, you know, when your child is ready to have that, conversation like you said there are levels to the conversation I'm not going to be talking to a seven-year-old child and saying they're like hey if you're going to have sex no I'm not telling my seven-year-old child or giving them the option to be like oh when you do have sex no it's like you know sex is for adults this is not the age to be having it but also you know reminding them because especially in this day and age with sex trafficking reminding them that there are predators out there there are nasty people out there that would try to get a hold to you and do certain things so just you know, telling them to be mindful on what to do and what the signs are and how to ask for help. I think that's the type of conversation you have. And, no, you make a good point, too. You know, you talked about girls getting their periods and their menstrual cycle. Very early, I got mine at the fifth grade, at fifth grade. So it's like, yeah, certain conversations you do have to have, and boys specifically. But some stuff I'm just like, oh, my goodness, like, am I really talking about this with a five- to seven-year-old, like – I'm just like worried about your basketball tournament that you have coming up, you know, in a couple weeks. (laughs) It's great, you know? Right, yeah. But society has changed so much that everything is sexualized. They sexualize everything, commercials. You see it everywhere. And so I think parents are having to have this conversation earlier and earlier, whether they like it or not, um, just to have their kid be informed. But I mean, some of it is the parents too, because what do you let your child be exposed to? You know what I mean? So, you know, it's all about timing and when they're exposed to things, too. But it's also, you know, parenting, too. And when you let your kids be exposed to certain things. You know, when I was a kid, I didn't see PG-13 movies until I was 13. Yeah, 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 So. It's just all about how how you go about it and what PG-13 was when we were kids and what it is now. It's completely two different things now. You can have sex in PG-13 movies now. There was never no sex scenes in PG-13 movies when we were kids. So it's like everything has been hyperly sexualized. And so I think parents are trying to have have to have these conversations sooner because of the society that we live in. Sex is everywhere, even on the damn news. Right. And so how do you feel about this? Because it's funny, like you brought up like boys wanting to wear dresses and playing with Barbie dolls. Like one of um, my friends asked the questions like, okay, well, what if your son comes up to you and he's like, look, I want to wear dresses. I like dresses. Would you let your son wear a dress? Because we had this conversation. Obviously, you know, it's three straight women at the table. But, you know, one person said, no, I wouldn't let them do this. And the other person was like, well, what if they become really depressed because you don't let them wear this dress and they commit suicide? And I thought, well, wow, that is really extreme. And I'm thinking, I wouldn't necessarily deter my child away and say, no, like, this is bad. Like, we don't believe in this. I just think that it all just depends on the maturity level and the type of conversations that you can have with them. For me, I think if my child is coming to me and telling me that my first thing is to take them to get see right. a specialist, right. um, I probably would take them to their pediatrician first and let them... And tell them what, what's going on and let them recommend what the next steps should be, whether that's go to talk to a psychologist, yeah, a yeah. sex therapist, to the bottom of what's going on with my child. I don't want to make um, 
uh, a decision without being completely informed. So I don't want, yeah, I don't want to completely tell my child, absolutely not. You're not putting on a dress to set. Like I'm not going to do that without being completely informed on why does my child have this urge to want to wear a dress yeah. when he's a little boy? Yeah. When, you know what I mean? Because it's it's opposite of what the social right. norms are, right? So that's that's the angle that I would take it. I wouldn't completely shut my kid down. I'd want to get to the bottom of it and try to get all the facts and really talk out what's going on with my child. Because if a child is saying that at such a young age, there's, there's something to that. It's not an average seven-year-old little boy is not going to come and tell you that he yeah. wants to wear dresses. So if average, if, if your seven-year-old boy is coming to you and telling you he wants to wear dresses, I think it's your responsibility as a, as a parent to go find out what's at the bottom right, of right, this right. because this is not socially normal. I have a healthy young little boy, but he wants nothing to do with boy stuff. Let's go get to the bottom of it before I just make a decision and tell him how he's right, going to live right, his right. life. I don't want to ever be the reason why my kid is depressed and so like they can't come talk to me and I don't ever want what I think or what or what I have shaped to think was morally right for me to have my kid be a kid that's suicidal because I feel like I should love my kid unconditionally. That's just me. So that's what I would do. I don't know about everybody else, but I think how can you make a decision without being completely informed? But then that, you know, and you just like, you just made up, you just made that point. Like you never want to be the reason why your child is depressed. And I think a lot of people from this community come up depressed because they come from conservative backgrounds and, you know, their families don't understand that or they're saying, oh, you're going against your religion and, you know, things, things of that nature. So I agree. I would take my child to a specialist instead of just like jumping down their back and jump down their throats. Like, I'm not going to sit there and judge my child. If you feel that way, you feel that way. OK, let's go get help together. Let's go get informed together. It's about it's about supporting them. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I just think that there needs to be more of that. Like, I always felt as a kid that my house was my safe haven. I could come home and I know I was safe here. I could be vulnerable there. I could be whoever I wanted to be at home. You know what I mean? My, my purest self, I could be at home, no matter what I look like, no matter what was going on, the people in that house were going to love me regardless. So I feel like kids, they need that sanctuary because even in today's society of bullying, which has gotten really bad because of social media and you really can't get away from it. When we were kids, we go home. There is no social media that you could jump on and people yeah. are still talking bad about you. You wouldn't have to deal with it till the next day. Your safe haven was home when you were home. All the shit that happened at school just fell away because you're at home now. Nowadays, these kids bring that crap with them home. So you don't want to be... A- where the kid has it both on both sides to me, that's not a healthy upbringing for a child where they're getting bullied at school and now they're feeling getting bullied at home because they can't be their truest self because their parent just won't even try to understand who they are. I just, I just don't think that's really conducive to, to, to establishing a good relationship with, with your child and having that open line of communication. I, I, I'd want to know more. And I, that's why I said I would go see a specialist. I'd go see the pediatrician first and have them direct me where we should go next because I can't make a decision without being completely informed. So what age would it be okay? Like if your child's coming up to you and your child's talking about they want to transition at like seven years old, like what do you even say to them? Because um, 
Mario Lopez got a lot of backlash for a comment that he made about that. And he basically said that I don't think that children at that age should um, transition right at that age. He said, I'm, he was like, I'm not saying that children shouldn't transition or that I'm against it. He was just saying that's just such a young age to put your body through that. And he got a lot of backlash from it. I'm like, well, I don't see like what's wrong with that. I'm not telling my child that they're, they're not going to be able to ever get that. But like you said, first, let's go see a specialist. Let's go see a therapist or whatever it is. Let your child, I think, grow up a little bit so they can make a more informed decision and let them mature. You're not saying that they can't do it or you don't support them. It's just like at seven years old, like you're not even, you know, your body's still going through all these changes. It's still developing. Like, is that really like a safe age to do that? And people were like pissed about that. Well, I think that one, this is where like being informed comes in into play because I don't think that there's any doctor out there that's going to transform a kid at seven years old. And I know for adults, for them to transition, they have to go through a lot of steps before they even get to the point where the doctor approves for them to have the surgery to transition. So right. I, I think that's kind of like, I mean, if he's transitioning, if she, he or she is transitioning at seven years old, that means at like two years old, they were telling their mom they wanted to be a little boy or a little girl opposite of what they were. Like, I think people need to understand that there's a whole process that goes into right. um, transitioning. And if you do it the right way and don't hide it and don't try to get hormones illegally and things like that, because that's what ends up happening right. with people later in age. Um, and you start with the pediatrician going and seeing a specialist, there's years of of, of counseling and, and, and counseling, not only for the child, but also for the parent of what does transitioning look like. Um, and it's a slow pace because when they're seven, you know, seven, before they hit puberty, they're still ambidextrous. Little boys can look like little girls and little girls can look like little boys. So if it was that serious, it would be really easy to let a little boy grow his hair out, put him in a dress and put bows in his hair. It starts to get a little bit sketchy when you start to get to the puberty age. So if you start at the age of seven of going to see a specialist and slowly but surely, you know, okay, you can wear dresses in the house, but not outside just yet. And then you get to the point where, okay, where you can dress like a girl anywhere you want to, you know, it's transitioning. It's called transitioning for a reason. So there's a, there's a stage in which this happens. So I don't think any doctor in their right mind, I would feel like their oath is to do no harm. So I would think that at seven years old, that's a little early to do that because at that age, you can, it can, you've looked at babies, you've looked at little kids and you couldn't tell if they were a little boy or a little girl. Sometimes it's not until they start getting to that preteen, you know, puberty age that you can really start defining, you know, the jaw getting more square or getting more round or, you know, developing breasts yeah. or, you know, developing a little mustache or whatever the case may be. And that's when it gets to be a little bit sketchy. I know, um, is it Charlize Theron? It's either Charlize Theron or Sandra Bullock has a son. Um, I want to, I can't remember which one it is, but has a son and he's been wearing dresses since he was a little boy. And now he's getting to be a little bit older and people are like, why is she so letting him wear dresses? It's a transition, you know? Yeah. So I, I think it just all depends on what that transition looks like. And I think you need to, it goes back to what we were saying before about really listening to your child and then going and getting the help right. and having experts tell you what's the right way to go about it. And I think it's like perfectly normal and okay for a a parent to be concerned and 
worried and wanting to get their child the resources they need you know that's what I was saying I kind of wish Mara Lopez didn't like retract his statements instead I wish he really really just opened up the conversation and people should have been just more willing to have a conversation with him instead of just jumping down his throat on social media (laughs) and see and that's what we were talking about before about them about that community being open to having a discussion instead of just bashing he's saying he's saying something because that's what he truly believes and most people would agree with that at seven years old can you really make that type of a life-changing decision for yourself (laughs) you know there there needs to be there needs to be counseling things that go there because if they're if they're doing that with adults then why would you think it'd be any different for children? Right. Like they're not just, an adult can't just walk in and go, I want my penis cut off and turn into a vagina. Like there's steps that have, they have to go through to get that unless they go through illegally. That's just like um, and, when people bleach their skin, you can't just go in and be like, I want to bleach my skin. People actually have to go through psychological testing if they really want that done to their skin. It's something similar to that. <laughs> Right. Like you can't just, I mean, even when you go get plastic surgery, they try to do like a mental health check to make sure that, you know, you're, you're okay. And you're not going too far with your expectations or, or anything like that. So I think, you know, that that's another thing about being educated in the subject. I'm not saying that I'm a subject matter expert, but they call it transitioning for a reason. So it's not like you can walk in the doctor tomorrow and go, oh, my little boy wants his pee-pee cut off. Can we make that happen? You know what I mean? I feel like a doctor would be looking at you crazy. Like, no, there's process to this. (laughs) Right, because, you know, kids say a lot of things and you never know, like, later down the line, what if somebody, you know, changes their mind, right? And it's like, it also goes back to the question, like, when we talk about, like, people go, well, um... I was born gay and some people think like, oh, well, you were born with it. And some people think it's a choice. And I always go back to think, well, I think it's different from e- for each person because you could grow up all your life like, you know what? I like straight men. And then later down in line, you're like, you know what? I'm tired of men. So I'm just going to date women. Or I'm going to date both. You know what I mean? Right. Because we live in a day and an age where it's become socially pretty much socially okay to do it you still have people that kind of grind against it because it's become socially okay it's uh there's a part of it that did become a fad i feel like like oh it's not working out with the with the men that i'm gonna go hang out with the women for a while and see if i like that so and it's a little bit more open now because especially when you're talking about women because what's every guy's fantasy to be the two women right so most guys don't look at two women being together being gross. They think of right, oh, that's, that's you know that's sexy because they're not thinking you know one woman is 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 uh, uh, what you would call the, the the more dominant male counterpart and you know than the female. So it, it I don't know it's it's a it's a touchy thing when 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 you're talking about gender yeah. and changing and sex and like all that stuff is it's a really complicated thing because it's different for everybody and i do believe that there's people that come into this world that are gay like they're gay there's nothing that they can do about it i do believe that there's people that come into this world and they feel like they were born in the wrong body like i I feel like all these all all these things are true and they are in the world but i do think there's a sector of people that have fallen into the it's okay to be gay so I'm going to try mm-hmm. it type of thing because people weren't talking about kissing yeah. on girls. And, right. you know, I mean, even with like Malik Yoba finally coming mm-hmm. out and saying that he's attracted to trans yeah. women, you know what I mean? You would have never heard that back in the nineties when um, his show was TV, uh, New York undercover was on TV. It, he would have oh, got kicked off. Especially the TV as a black actor. And, yeah. Right. And everything else. And so, yeah. 
it's the time that we live in. Like a lot of people are a lot more open to it. So a lot more people are more willing to try it than before. Um, I don't think anybody, um, especially at a kid's age is coming out screaming from the rooftop that they're gay or, or lesbian or queer or bisexual or whatever the case you want to call it in that community. Um, by chance, like it's not a fad for them. Kids get picked right. on. It's just not, it's not something that you, you know, it's not a necessary. It's, it's something that someone has to live with and coming out for some kids is really, really hard. And sometimes they don't come out until they're adults. So I think it's, it's, it's a, it's a balancing act because you've got one hand where it's kind of like the cool thing to do, especially when you're talking mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. females. And then you have the other side where you have people that are like, no, I'm fighting every day to be who I am. And there's people yeah. that are rejecting me. You know what I mean? So I think it, 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 in this day and age, we can't just say, oh, everyone was born that way because there's so many people right. that are willing to try. And that did to me just go right, with the sex right. period. Like there's so how crazy has sex gotten now that like, Normal sex isn't cool anymore. It's got to be the most outlandish, outrageous things now for you to have like the best sexual appetite yeah. at this point. Like people talk about eating yeah. booty and you know all this kind of stuff that when we were kids, talking about oral sex was like, ugh. Even if you did it, you didn't yeah, talk yeah, about yeah, yeah. it. You know what I mean? And so, and now we've gotten from that to boys not even admitting that they do oral sex to I'm eating booty and yeah. everything under this. You know what I mean? Like it's just everything's been highly right. sexualized. So no, very true. I think you get a little bit of both. Yeah. Very true. I do. Yeah. That's why I'm like, you can't really just speak for everybody as a collective because everybody is different these days. That's what I'm saying. Like, at a, you know, at that age, he might tell you one thing and then, you know, a couple years later, it could, you know, it could be something different. Right. Cause it could be like, I don't know what, what I'm, what my feelings are. I don't know if I'm gay. Yeah, yeah, I don't know yeah. if I want to be a girl. You know what I mean? You, you may have someone that is like that where they don't really know. And then they go see a sex therapist and they go see a psychiatrist and all of those things that help you when you're in that stage of trying to right. figure out who you are, then you can kind of figure out who you are and kind of hone that in. You would hate to make that mistake of right. transitioning your child at a young age without getting all right. of the information. And that's why I say, Going to see the specialist and getting all the information that you can to help your kid is the best thing to me. Just making a, a, a split second decision on your what you think your morals or beliefs are is just unfair to no, the kid. I definitely agree because you know you have some you have some men who are like you know what I don't want to transition but feel like they're women and they want to wear heels they want to wear dresses and wear makeup and you know do that and then you have people who want to make that full transition. Right. And so you can't, you can't say one's right and one's wrong. I've I've experienced men who are not, who haven't transitioned and they're just men and they're gay, but they refer to you to call them like a woman. Yeah. And so we start to learn about pronouns a lot, especially living in California and on the West coast, you start learning about what pronouns people like to be called. So just because someone may, look like what you would consider the normal man he may not go by him or 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 he his pronoun might be that's why a lot of people i think especially people like from the straight community it does get confusing which is why we're having this dialogue which is why more people from that community need to be more open like as we stated before about these conversations because us coming up all we knew is man woman you're either you know you're straight or you're gay (laughs) 
Right. And that was it. And now it's like it was LGBT and then LGBTQ. And I think they've even got more letters now. But I, I, I just think it, it just needs to be an open conversation where people can really talk about what this means and how they can be more sympathetic to the cause. Because it's hard to be sympathetic to a cause when you don't know everything and you're confused and you don't know what is what and what is... Um, it's not a one size fit all. It's just like with us with race. It's not a one size fit all for black people. What would offend one black person may not offend the next black person. So, you know, but there's basic lines of communication that you can have where, you know, okay, no matter where I'm at, this is crossing the line with any black person yeah. I come across. You know what I mean? Like there's just certain things within that community. That I feel like that are lines that you don't cross and we need to know what those lines are. And instead of bashing someone like Mario Lopez for having an opinion on something, how about educating him on a doctor would never transition a kid at seven years old. You have to understand the process of what it means right. to transition. You know what I mean? And then it's like, okay, right. then I start to understand where you're coming from and what a parent says, my kid is starting to transition. My kid is starting to transition doesn't mean they're starting right. hormones day one. You know what I mean? Transitioning may start with the mind first and then lead with the body. The body is probably the last thing that transitions, but knowing the process and knowing what that looks like will help you form a, a more sound opinion. And he may at the end, after he has all the information, still disagree. And that's his, that's his right. He shouldn't have to retract his statements for having right. an opinion. Yeah. No, I agree because people want to jump down your throat. And also, like, something I want to say is a lot of people from that community or just people in gener general don't take the time to really listen. People just want to reply. And they're so quick to be defensive, but you're not really listening. So it's like you have to really understand what something what someone is saying and stop blowing what they say, like, out of proportion. Stop taking what they say out of context. <laughs> Right. And I think that's where the defense mechanism comes from. Like, I, I think because they're a lot of times are met with so much um, backlash and maybe disdain and people are saying really nasty things to them on a constant basis. It, it, it probably puts you in a state of automatically putting your guard up. And I think at some point you have to put your guard down and be able to have that conversation without getting offended so that you can educate mm -hmm. instead of mm -hmm. being offended. And then that person didn't gain anything out of that conversation because you didn't take the chance to educate them so that the next time they come across someone that's like you, they'll have a better understanding of where they come from instead of shutting them down and canceling them or whatever the case may be. I think people need to take more time and just really be more understanding. You know, and try so I'll give you to, an to example. The situation. So it is, this is a little bit of a spoiler. I know some people ain't, are not going to even watch Dave Chappelle at all, but. He, they talked about using the F word and how when they were using that, you know, with their standup, they didn't really understand that it was offensive. And you know how a lot of people wanted to cancel Kevin Hart because he used that word in one of his standups. And was I think he was host, trying to host the Grammys or one of those. And it got to a point where he was like, look, I've apologized. I've apologized. I've had the conversations and people still want to jump down my throat. People still want to cancel me. And Dave Chappelle like brought up this good point. He was like, I mean, I used to use that in some of my standups and some of my shows. And he says there's like a code of ethics that you have in um, stand-up and there's certain things that you can't say. There, there's like a board. And if they think that you're doing something that's inappropriate, like they'll call you, they'll call you up and you'll have to have a meeting or whatever. 
so one of the ladies called him and she's like hey Dave and he's like she's super cool but she's like hey everything is good but you can't use this word you can't use the f word and he was like okay fine so he like he says he walks out and he walks back in and he's like one question he was like why is it that I can't use that word but the word nigger is okay for me to use in my (laughs) stand-up I was like wow that's a good ass point. Like you can't say that, but it's 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 socially acceptable for people to use the n-word. It's, it's crazy to me. <laughs> you know why? <clears throat> and this is my theory on that. My theory on that is because you still have rich white men that are at the top, whether they're whether they're gay or not, it's still rich white men. And if you have a rich gay white man at the top telling you that word offends me, he can't use that word. Guess what? You can't use that word. Um, and like I tell people all the time, there are a lot of white gay Mm -hmm. men that are Trump supporters just because Mm -hmm. they're gay does not mean that they don't, you know what I mean? They don't understand the plight of other races of other people. So that to me just goes to say that word offends people that are not just people of color. So you can't use that word that if that right, offends right, white right. people. So you, that's, that's what it's code to me saying. Right. Both of those words are very offensive. Both of those words come with baggage. Right. Both of those words were used to oppress people. So why is it that it's okay to use one, but not the other? Right. And that just brings me into the conversation of when people from that community kind of trying to compare themselves to black people and their injustices. And I had this conversation as well with some other people. And I said, well, it's not that we all aren't dealing with injustices. It's just, it's a different type of discrimination. You can't, you can't really compare the two (laughs) because like we, like we just said, like we can't, we can't, Oh, we can't use the the F word. If we use that, Oh my God, like we're shunned. We were, we're canceled. We need to get the fuck out of here. But the N word, oh, anybody can say that, and that's where I go. That's where I'm like, that's what's that's what's different. It's okay for people to dismiss how we feel and dismiss us, but when it comes to that, it's a problem. <laughs> yeah, you know, the N word is the only word where people can give you a justification of why they should be able to use it. Um, no one can give you a justification of why they can use the F word, but there's plenty of people out in the world that go, oh, I grew up around black people. Oh, I date black men. Oh, I date. They always have an excuse of why it's okay for them to use that word. So for me, it's one of those things where this has been a conversation that's been happening for years now about the LGBT community and the black community and how that is parallel. Yeah. I don't think they're the same. I do think that they're parallel in some ways. There's some injustices that are the same. There's some things that mirror each other. It's a different type of discrimination. But I always, yeah, but I always go back to you can walk down the street and nobody has to know that you're gay. I can walk down the street Mm -hmm. and I can't hide that I'm a black woman. No matter how much I try, no matter what I do, I can't cover up this skin. I wake up every day with this skin and I go to bed every day with this skin. If you decided tomorrow that you didn't want to be gay anymore and you Mm -hmm, were going to go to mm -hmm. a Christian place and get the gay prayed out of you, even though I don't agree with it, and you were going to start living your life as a straight man like that Caldwell dude that you see on Instagram or on the shade room all the time, 
as the black yeah. guy. I don't know if you know who I'm talking about, but mm-hmm. him, he was gay as a day bird last year, but this year he's only, he's only dating women. So I can, I, you can literally decide not to be that anymore. I can't decide not to be my color. Right. I didn't choose to be my cover. It was given to me. And this is the same way I feel like people are born gay. You didn't choose that. It was given to you. But you know what? You can walk throughout your entire life and no one ever has to know that you're gay except for the people that are in your inner circle. You go to work every day and no one knows how you're, that, you, that right. you're gay. But I got to go to work and I look like me every day. No matter where I go, no matter where I'm at, no matter who sees me, this color doesn't change. I can't hide this color. And that's what makes it different. Yeah. Because, yes, we are discriminated against yes. on something. People know who I am before I open my mouth. People have prejudged me before I open my mouth. I don't know that you're gay until you open your mouth and you tell me you're gay. Or I may make an inference because I may think that you are a little bit more feminine for a man or mm-hmm. a little bit more manly for a female. And I may infer, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're gay. But I can't change my color of my skin. And that's the thing that I try to get people from the LGBT community to understand is that there are some parallels. We do fight. We do see some same injustices. But it isn't the same. And and the fight has not been going on it as long. Right. And nobody right. explains your people. And I always go back to this. Why is it okay for everybody to compare their struggle to the black right. struggle? But no one ever compares themselves to the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. No one ever says, oh, we were oppressed like the Jews were oppressed mm-hmm. in the Holocaust. No one ever says that. I mean, the Mexican people are not even saying that now. And they've got these mm-hmm. people separated and in, and, in, and in camps. That doesn't sound like the Holocaust yeah, to well, you? Well, it does. <laughs> but no one ever, ever compares that to that. But they always want to take the black pipe and say that it's the and same. It's not, it's not it's the not, same. It's and not I just want to give same. this example. Driving while black. What is driving while black? Driving while black is... Your skin is brown, black. Police officer doesn't like you, doesn't like your skin. So he's going to pull you over. Why is he pulling you over? He has no fucking reason why he's pulling you over. He's pulling you over because he's profiling you. I've never, ever heard in my life, oh, driving while gay, driving while bisexual. I'm going to stop this person because they look like they might be gay. They look like they might be by that's that's like the perfect example you could use because that happens to us every day i could go to the grocery store and get pulled over right down the street because why i'm black i mean it just goes to like the gunning down like how many people in the last let's say three to five years have been gunned down by the police for just basic traffic stops Compared to how many gay people have been pulled over and ran randomly pulled over by police and been shot by the police. It doesn't have, you don't hear about it. It doesn't happen. It's a different plight. It's a different struggle. Like I said, there's parallels. There's things that are the same. There's some injustices that are the same. And some of it looks the same because you are fighting for civil rights and you are fighting for, to, for equality, but it's a different thing. It's a, di- it's a different plight. It's a different thing to carry. And I think the best person to probably to really explain it would be a black person that's in that community. Because you know what it is to be black, but you know what it is to be in that community, too. And it's a different struggle for you. It's a double struggle for you, but it's different for you. Your struggle as a black person is completely a different struggle than your struggle as a gay person. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. or or, or LGBTQ community person. So I think uh, I think that would probably be the best person to talk to is how do you deal with that? How do you deal with the injustices of being black um, coupled on top of being 
a part of the LGBT community because you don't know, do you know where your injustice is coming from? Do you know if it's coming because you're a person of color or is it coming because you're a person from the LGBT community? I'm glad you said that because I feel like I've been in instances where there's women of the other race who aren't accepting of me because I am a black woman, but they would be a lot more accepting to a gay man or somebody who has transitioned before me. So you gave that example, like you could be black and you've transitioned. And like you said, um, you don't want to hire me. You don't want me here because of which. And then that other person who may be gay or maybe someone who had transition gets that job over you because of their skin color. <laughs> right. Exactly. So I, I, I don't know. I just think it's a, just a different, it's a different fight. Like I said, I, I, and I keep saying it, there's parallels. We fight some of the same injustices um, and, and, and want inequality and discrimination and all of that. And I get it. But it's not the same. I cannot change my color, even if I wanted to. I wouldn't because I just love being who I am. And I love being black. I wouldn't change my color. So even if you, you gave me a billion you can't dollars, your I wouldn't roots. do it. <laughs> no, you just can't. You yeah. can't change who you are and where you come from. And so, you know, like I said, I'm very, very sympathetic and empathetic to the LGBT community. I do think that they should have the same equal rights. I do believe people should be able to live their truth and be who they are and not be discriminated um, for it. But I think it's something to be said when everybody tries to parallel their struggle to the African-American community. You know how long it took us to get to the yeah, rights yeah, that yeah. we have right. now? It, yeah. It took us a really oh, yeah. long time to get to yeah. where we have now. And and it's just a lot. I think a lot of times the stuff in the, in the LGBT community oh, yeah. was a little bit quicker than that. it did in the black community yeah. because you have all different races in the LGBT community. You have a lot of white faces yeah. in the LGBT community. So yeah. things move a lot quicker when you have all black people fighting for for rights. Yeah, you need some help from the white people to move the agenda forward. But how many people were really hopping on that bandwagon in the beginning? You know what I mean? So you start off with an agenda where you have a mixed of cultures and races and you have some people that are the superior race in the United States in that community. So you can move your agenda forward a little bit faster because it affects people that are considered the superior race in the United States because of how everything is moved here. Right. According to what our fight is as being in the black community, getting us all on the same page and having to fight mm-hmm. oppressors. Mm-hmm. It's different. And I just urge anybody who listens to our podcast, who may share this podcast, Please be open. We are not closed-minded people, so just please open your mind. Please don't be narrow-minded. And if you do feel some type of way, I invite you to come onto the show to have a conversation. This is one, like I said earlier, this is one of the reasons why, like, I wanted to have this conversation. I'm opening the door for people, a part of that community, to come in and to have a conversation and educate people or to talk about things that have bothered you or some of the things that you've experienced. Right. And if you feel like we got it wrong and if you feel like we are uninformed, I really would would suggest and invite you to come on the show and let's talk about it. Let's have an adult discussion about what it means to be a part of your community. And if we've got some things wrong or if we said some things that have offended people, come on the show and talk to us about it. I, and I and I think we started off with that. It's about educating and keeping the lines of communication open so that we can discuss this and, and be more informed. If there's things that we're missing and we need to be more informed, let us know because all we know is from our point of view. And I don't is, know what right. I don't know. It's not a, you know this what is I mean? not an attack. It's a dialogue. <laughs> it's not an attack. <laughs> 
you know, because some people feel like, oh, you're attacking us or you're calling us out. So I just I really do want to put that out there. But, you know, we live in a sensitive time, <laughs> a sensitive world. So. Yeah, and I think people are overly sensitive. And I think it needs to get to a point where we are having lines of communication that are open so that we can move the agenda forward. And so people can be empathetic and sympathetic to your cause because they're informed, not because they're just going off of what they may have heard. You know, we're speaking in terms of um, comparing each other to one another. Um, What do you what are your thoughts on when a woman or a man has transitioned or whatever into a woman and he kind of tries to compare himself to a person who was naturally born a woman. Or then sometimes you see gay men and they do certain things because they think that's how women act and women don't act like that. What are your thoughts on that? I don't know. Like, I really feel like, I don't know. That's a hard one because gender, Gender roles are, are interesting. Because, you know, I, like, you have, mm. like, some gay men out there that do certain things because they think that that's how women act that way. But, like, in actuality, a, a woman might not act like that way, might not act that way. You might have a woman, let me say, who likes men, but is not girly, doesn't like to wear lipstick, doesn't like to have long nails, doesn't like to wear dresses, is a tomboy, but likes men, doesn't like to do their hair. You know what I mean? But then you have certain people that think you act right. like that way. Like, is that offensive to someone who was naturally born a woman? I feel like it is. I mean, I think that's kind of like mocking yeah. what you think the other, you know what I mean? Like, I think anybody would be offended by that if you saw somebody that were like how yeah. they say people try to act black or you whatever talk the too hell white. that means. Yeah. Or you're a black mm-hmm. person, you're trying to act white. Yeah, or you talk white, whatever that means. I think anybody kind of takes offense to that. So, I mean, I think you should be authentic to yourself and not try to replicate mm-hmm. what you think a woman would do. Um, do yeah, what yeah. you think you would do. You know what I mean? Like, I think I think that's a, a kind of a slap in the face. You, you can't really, yeah, you can't really try to emulate what you think a woman would do. If you feel like you're a woman inside and out, that's going to come naturally to you because us being a woman, it's not something that we just fake and try right. to be. Yeah, 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 we yeah. just are. You know what I mean? So I think that's where the disconnect comes from. You just need to be you and whatever form of that is you, is you. There's so many different types of women from boy tomboys to girly girls to yeah. Afrocentric to, you know, business. Like it, it's a run of the gamut. So there's no real one way to be a woman. So if you're doing that kind of thing where you think, oh, I, this is what I think a woman should act like, dress like, then it's like it becomes a production, it becomes a performance. Right. It's not authentically right. you. Mm-hmm. So I think you should just be you. Don't put on a show. Be you, and it I think is that too, is offensive. I think if also you're... being naturally born a, a woman, there's certain things that even if you do transition into a woman, or even if you're gay and you call yourself a woman, there's certain things you are not going to experience because you weren't naturally born a woman. Especially when it comes to you know our bodies, there's certain things you're just not going to experience, or you might not understand. Right. I agree. I definitely agree with you. So I. I don't know. I think that comes into the part of being educated too. Like you've been around women. I don't know. I just think the imitation thing is just not going to get you far. And I think if people feel like you're imitating them, they're going to, it's going to come off wrong. It's going to come off inauthentic and and fake. And people don't want to be around somebody that's inauthentic and fake. I totally agree. 
So I just think you got to be true to yourself. Whatever and that one, is, you got to be true to yourself. I want to talk about that. Um, I kind of want to wrap this conversation up on when it comes to the LBGTQ community. I swear. Well, I don't know why I have a, such a hard time saying it. But um, when it comes to that community, um, I've seen something that kind of bothers me. I've seen it in person. And I've also seen it like on TV. Why? I've, I've seen quite a few gay men do this. And I'm not calling out all of you. But I've seen a share of gay men think because they hang out with a lot of women that they can... Um, that they can fight women, that they can speak bad on women, that they can disrespect women. I've seen it a lot. It doesn't give you a right to put your hands on a woman or lay your hands on a woman and to disrespect a woman because you're gay and you hang out with majority women. Oh, yeah. No. Okay. Okay. So let's let's really talk about this. I think this for both both sides because you have yeah, yeah, women yeah, that, that consider too. themselves butch yeah. lesbians that do the exact same thing right. and they think that they can fight a man. And then you have also the men that are either flamboyant or they think they're a woman and they want to fight a woman because they're flamboyant or whatever the case may be. It's wrong. You're a man. You do not need to be putting your hands on a woman. Now, if you're fully transitioning, you're living your life as a woman and no one can tell that you used to be a man or whatever the case may be, and you happen to get in a scuffle with another woman, that's one thing. But to pick a fight knowing you're a man with a woman, that's just outrageous to me and ridiculous. And the same thing I feel about butch women right. trying to get into it with a grown That's still a man. That's still a man, no matter how hard you think you are as a woman, no matter what you got going on, that man is still going to knock you out. And the same thing with gay men. A woman doesn't have no chance against a man, whether you're gay or not. So why why would you be fighting women? That's and then just, your excuse that's, can't that's be to if me. a man sees that you're gay and you're disrespecting a straight woman or whatever it is and comes in to protect her. Your excuse can't be you're flamboyant. Your excuse can't be, oh, well, I'm gay and he's straight. Like, he he doesn't have the right to hit me. That can't be your excuse. Right. That can't. That cannot be your excuse. That cannot be your excuse. So I've seen that a lot, and I think... That needs to stop. Like, people need to cut that shit out. I mean, and if you hang around with people like that, like, nip that shit in the butt, check your friends. Like, because that shit, that shit is not cool to me. No, it's <laughs> not. I, I definitely agree with you on that. I definitely agree. Uh, I, I, I never understood. I never understood that. Why? Why? Because you just. Why? Because you may feel like you're in a different gender that you can take on that gender that way. You should not be doing that as a man, a gay man. You should not be fighting women. Like that's not right. You you don't like, they don't like people to talk about them. They don't like people to disrespect them. The same thing as a woman, you're a man, you know, you're a gay man at that. You have to deal with a lot and a lot of people coming after you and attacking you. So why would it be acceptable for you to do that to a woman? Any, Any woman. woman. Like, I just feel like, <laughs> to me, that's a lack of character. Like, that has nothing to do with you being gay, straight, whatever the case may be. At some point, you shouldn't be putting your hands on a woman anyway. You shouldn't feel like, oh, because I'm a gay man, I can fight a woman. No, that doesn't make it okay. Or because I'm a gay woman, I can fight a man. No, that does not make it okay. Like, it just does not make it okay. Everybody needs to keep their goddamn hands to themselves. Yeah, I've seen quite a, a lot of that, and I see it especially on TV. And I'm like, why are we documenting this bullshit? 
it's okay. Like, it's funny to see a flamboyant or a gay man, you know, in a woman's face, talking about a woman, bashing a woman, doing all this type of stuff. Like, and what? This is what we're doing now? <laughs> right. I'm, man, I don't know. This day and age, what we feel like is morally right has gone out the window. Like, the rules change. And I just feel like, I mean, we're in a day and age where women are fighting their boyfriends more than their boyfriends are fighting them. You know what I mean? Like there's domestic yeah. violence going on. Like I see a lot of times girls hitting a dudes in the middle of the street and all of that. Like it's become cool to put your hands on people. And I just firmly believe if everybody kept their hands to themselves, it'd be great. Like just keep your hands to yourself. It's really simple. There's no reason to put your hands on nobody else. You don't want nobody touching you and I don't want nobody touching me. So everybody just keep your goddamn hands to yourself and everything is good. But that whole gay men trying to fight women because they think it's okay because they're gay is crazy and the same thing with women that's crazy like that's crazy talk to me you need to get your life right and please don't be one of those people too either that's on social media doing that shit you're gay and then you're questioning a woman or vice versa like you said with (laughs) you know you're a gay woman trying to fight a man and all that other stuff it's ridiculous i i just i'm tired of seeing that bullshit yeah um yeah that's just too much too much too much too much yeah so we urge anybody gay straight um lesbian bisexual trans queer to come on and have this conversation with us we are inviting you to come and have this open dialogue with us if you would like don't get upset come and have a conversation with us you know Give us a ring. Give us a buzz. Yeah, and if you, if you, yeah, because if there's, like I said, if we're not on here to offend anybody, we really can only speak from our point of view. So if you've got a different point of view or you've got some things you can educate us on, hit us up. Let us know. We'll read whatever comments you have on the next podcast, or you can come on and you can speak for yourself, and we can talk about it. Yes. Yeah, so I want to switch gears here. Um, You know, I think everybody has had enough time to catch up on, you know, the hit series Power on Stars. And, you know, if you haven't, that's that's too damn bad. You you need to catch up. You know, Saturday nights is when people really watch the show. And so I give people till Sunday. okay? (laughs) because the other night um, I didn't go out until I watched Power right at midnight. Then I left. (laughs) (laughs) I heard that. So, first thing I want to talk about before we even get into this whole damn series is 50. You said the song is coming back on Sunday. I was mad that you didn't bring it back this week. I'm like, you are petty boots. You are petty boots. But since you directed the next um, episode, you said that the song's coming back. You're giving the people what they want, which is to hear the voice of power, Joe's voice. So, I'm excited about that. 50. Thank you. And I, I'm still a little skeptical because I don't know. I'm not going to believe it till I see it. <laughs> you know, talking about this theme song, the opening of this theme song, the one thing I will say about this is for once, 50 got a taste of his own medicine. People, has been, people have been on his head about this theme song and rightly fucking so. I don't know who or what or why he thought it would be okay for the very the last season of the damn show, you're going to change up the damn theme song? Like, do you know how hype we get when we hear Joe say, 
It's a big rich town. Nigga, we sing through the entire theme song. Like, we don't even skip through it. You got people skipping through the theme song because they are not trying to hear no goddamn Trey songs. It it ruined it for me. Like, I was like, what the fuck is this? And I'm glad I wasn't the only one. At first, I was like, okay, maybe I'm being old school and I'm like too nostalgic. But no, this is bullshit. And then I, after I tweeted, like, okay, I'm not going to spoil power, but the theme music is bullshit and they need to go back to the oldie but goodie. ASAP, and then I started looking around, and people agreed with me. Like, yeah, they fucked up. Like, and the thing is, it's not even that I dislike Trey songs. I love it's Trey just, songs. No, it just doesn't fit. But this is not a go to the club type of show, especially the last season where people were, we thought Tommy died in the first episode, and you singing like we in the club with booties popping. No, I no. No, this is this is exactly what it is. Okay, so say you have a favorite restaurant, a favorite chef. You go to your restaurant, you order your favorite dish, and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't wait for it. I got the taste in my mouth. And they're like, oh, we ran out of the uh, pasta that we use. We ran out of the sauce. Bitch, what? This is not what I fucking ordered. This is not what the fuck I want. No. Go bring the original chef back, put in the original agreed- ingredients, because this ain't it. <laughs> Right, girl. I'm telling you, I, when I heard that, I thought that I was, was by myself at first. Like, am I the only one fucking tripping off of this theme music? And then I started seeing on social media that I wasn't the only one, and I started looking on Fifty Cent's Instagram page, and people was reading him the right act. Like, nigga, change that shit back asap. <laughs> and I was like, oh god, thank god I'm not the only one because I just am like. It ruined it for me. Like, I literally listened to it, like, not even all the way through and fast forwarded to just get to the episode. Get to the recap of last season because I can't take this. I was listening like, wait, I, at first I didn't even know it was Trey Songs. I was sitting there listening to it like, who, who the hell is this? <laughs> I didn't know who the fuck it was. I just was like, who told him to remix it? Why? Why? Why are we reaping? Where is Joe? Somebody find Joe because this is wrong. I don't know what's going on, but they need to bring Joe back because this ain't it. This is absolutely not it. I was very disappointed in that. Like, you can't like, this episode be bomb so I can forget about this damn theme music that you tried to remix. How you remix a song five years later? Right. <laughs> right. And uh, did you see Jess Hilarious posts? When she was talking about no, it. No, I didn't see it. Let me pull this shit up. I'm going to have you listen to it. But this shit was hilarious. She was clowning the fuck out of 50 Cent. 50 just got a dose of his own medicine. <laughs> yeah, he did. He got bullied. Like, and to the point where he told he told people to leave him alone. All right, all right. He's going to be back on the next episode. Episode three, his uh, di- uh, directorial debut, which I'm really excited about. I think uh, there's some genius 250. He's he's a smart man. He's pretty smart in business. And he absolutely knows TV shows. Let me pull That's this. a tragedy. <laughs> Let me pull this shit up. You just sound too happy. Okay, let me turn my volume up. This shit is hilarious. Just wait till you listen to it. And then once you listen to it, you got to go back and watch like her facial experience, her facial expressions, because the shit was hilarious. Okay. You hear it? Hey, Trey, what's up? It's not that you can't sing. You just sound too happy. Why are you so excited? It's nothing to smile about. Angela's dead. Yay. But Tariq is still out there. 
Then all the hey, hey, yeah. It's real shit going on right now. And you sounding sexy. And you just knew you was killing them when you said, come up high. Like, okay, baby shark. Where's the power in your voice? Your voice is not deep enough for the theme song. You need a voice like this. Like this, huh? You hear that? That voice come from here. You singing from your heart. And you got a lot to love. You got a new son. We need a nigga that's struggling. Joe is struggling. You even got sent sounding like a bitch. He went from I never took a straight path nowhere to I never took a straight path nowhere. That's not even 50 cent. We about to call yo just one quarter. <laughs> Jessica, I mean, Diane, I was like, you are spot on. She said you even got 50 sounding like a bitch. <laughs> She's got, I mean, facts. Facts. Well, girl, I'm telling you, I'm glad I wasn't the only one. Lord knows I was like, what the fuck? And honestly, everything that she said in there, I definitely agree with. Like, this, we're in some real shit right now in power. We're not trying to go to the club. We ain't talk, talking about, oh, I'm going to be telling the beat upbeat. I don't know if you watched the after show. I watched one episode of the after show to see if they were going to talk about the theme music. He was like, I didn't realize people were going to come so hard. So I wanted to, Trey did that as a favor to me. I don't give a fuck what Trey songs did for you. Put Joe back on the theme music, bro. You fucked up the whole shit. We're going to do some real shit right now. And you trying to take us to the club talking about, I wanted it to be upbeat. For what? This is not an upbeat season. One of my favorite characters people thought was dead. No. What did, <laughs> what did I tell you? I was like, this is not fucking panning dropping out. <laughs> Seriously, like, that's a song that you like want to twerk to. That's not a song that you're like, some real shit's about to happen. Tommy may be dead. Ghost might be going to jail. Like, there's shit going. Angela just died. There's real shit going on. Tariq is a whole, a whole dope dealer now. Like, what? No. Yeah. Oh, speaking of that boy, he wants to be the new ghost. That's what I think that's all about. He wants to be the new ghost. Cause you did you see him? Like, nobody can fucking see me. I don't want nobody. <laughs> I don't want nobody to know who I am. I was like, oh, this is what's going down. The new, the yeah. new ghost, Tommy and uh, Tasha. <laughs> yeah, now that he brought homegirl in from his school, um, she's pretty smart. Um, but I, what I want to talk about really about Tariq is that interaction, that five minute segment within that show where it goes from him and ghost having a conversation to him calling Tommy after him and ghost have that conversation and how that conversation went and left and the change in Tariq's behavior during that conversation. Mm. Ghost had an opportunity to tell Tariq the truth, which is some of the reason why Tariq has a problem with ghost because he feels like ghost is always lying to him about right. stuff. And, um, Tariq did what most parents do where they ask you a question that they already know the answer to just to see if you're going to give them the truth and go straight up lie to that boy's face. When he told him he didn't know why Tommy was coming after him after Tyreek already had that conversation with Tommy and Tommy was honest with him. So people are always going, why is he so loyal to Tommy? Because Tommy doesn't mm -hmm. lie to him. Tommy has never lied to him. If Tommy ever, if he ever came to Tommy with the question that Tommy didn't want to answer, what did Tommy always do? Tell him, that, oh, you need to ask Ghost and Tasha about that. I, I shouldn't be the one answering that question for you. But when it ever had something to do with him and his actions, he told the truth. So when he asked Ghost, why did, are you and Tommy fighting? Why did Tommy try to kill you? He wasn't, oh, I don't know. I don't know why. Sometimes the people that you, and you could totally see the demeanor change in his face. And he was ready for Ghost to go. He gets on the phone with Tommy and he tells Tommy, hey, Ghost told me that he killed you, blah, 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 blah. And Tommy asked, well, did you tell him why I was alive? He said, no. And he said, um, you know, 
He said that you were trying to kill him. Is that true? Yes, I was aiming for him. He told him the truth. And so that, well, that's why Tariq told him, I don't care what you do. Do what you got to do. Just give me a heads up first. Right. Ghost is in the world of shit that he's in because he uses the people around him when they benefit him. And then when they don't benefit him, he don't really have nothing to do with them. Tariq is over here selling drugs and doing all kinds of shit. And you have no fucking clue because you've been up Angela's ass for the last five fucking seasons. I'm really tired of Ghost. I'm ready for him to die. <laughs> It's all ghost That's where I'm at with it. Well, God damn. <laughs> I'm serious. Like that, that, that five minute segment of that show epitomized everything I do not like about Ghost because that was a perfect opportunity for him to build his relationship with Tariq, but he lied to him again. Like, come on, dude. The boy is out here selling drugs and you're oblivious to it. You don't even know who your kid is anymore. And you had an opportunity to build a relationship with him by telling him the truth and you still lied to him. I, if I was him, I wouldn't trust ghosts. Everybody's either. gunning for ghosts. Everybody's coming for ghosts. I mean, everybody. And can we... Okay, a few characters who I really want to talk about first. It's fucking Keisha. Keisha gotta go. That bitch gotta go. Like, she gotta get the fuck up out of here. <laughs> I'm already tired of her. You know what? You know, the sad thing is, is when I honestly was like... When she got the purse and she realized that Tommy knew about the purse because he was talking to Tasha, she got all mad and said she didn't want the purse. I was like, cool, what Tasha said was wrong. And then at the end of the episode, when he shows up with she's earrings and she's all happy and giddy, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, really? Things is what's going to keep you there because you want to be that girl like Tasha was and have all the ladies this and that and not have hand-me-downs? I mean, priorities. But God, honestly... She's not ready for this lifestyle. From the first episode when she when he asked her to get rid of the gun and she's holding the gun in her hand. You fucking idiot. There's a body on that gun. Why would you hold that gun in your hand? <laughs> she got she got a like, gun. Like it just I mean, okay, I can get because at first I was pissed. I'm like, one, why didn't she take the gun apart? Okay, give her the benefit of the doubt. Maybe she just didn't know how to take the gun apart. But the second part is you're smart enough to know not to put your fingerprints on a gun that you know there's something wrong with that gun if he's asking you to get rid of it. So your worst case scenario is you thinking there's a body on that gun, right? Why the fuck would you hold it in right. your hand? It just she's got to go. She's not built for this lifestyle. And I think she's going to be the reason why Tommy ends up getting caught. Oh, yeah. She's either going to end up dead or in or jail. Or it's going to come down to the point where he's going to have to get rid of her himself like he did Holly. Well, Keisha don't know how long, how close she came to losing her life a couple of times dealing with Tommy. <laughs> Tommy almost took her and out a couple is, of times. And the thing is, like, dude, like, if he told y'all to get your shit and get the fuck up out of here, you should have got the fuck up out of here. Talking about, no, I'm going to stay. I don't care what happens. Yeah, Keisha ain't built for this lifestyle. But you're going to see her evolve, oh, too. You're going to see her evolve, too. Like, I think that she's going to start to evolve. Like, now, I don't disagree with her not wanting her friendship with Tasha because Tasha is a lot like Ghost when it comes mm -hmm. to her relationship with Lakeisha, where she only really fucks with her when she really needs something from her. Otherwise, she don't really fuck with her like that. And uh, granted, she's got a lot going on. She lost a child and all of that. But from the beginning, she always treated Lakeisha like she was under her. And that's not what you do with friendships. No matter where you are in status, everybody should be equal in your friendship, Right. So I understand her not wanting to fuck with Tasha, but she's not built for this lifestyle the way she thinks she, she go. is. <laughs> I'm sorry, Cash. 
So you're you're like you're like how I feel about go. A, a it's time for that bitch to go. A couple people gotta go. Well, Councilman Tate gotta get the fuck up out of here. I'm we're still trying to figure this nigga out. We know he's a part. Of, he used to be a part of that world. He's dirty as fuck. He's then hired this new guy to keep tabs on Ghost. Some crazy shit. Which is a huge mistake. I don't know why he would ever send somebody to get information on Ghost. Um, that guy's probably going to end up coming up missing somehow, some way. Like I don't. I just think like that's a bad thing. Councilman Tate is. Uh, you got to see a little bit of old dog come out of him in the last episode where he ended up. <laughs> His his uh, campaign manager, which was crazy to me. Um, like I know everything about you, <laughs> right? And I I just think that Councilman Tate's going to end up dead too. And if Gross doesn't end up dead and he ends up in jail, Councilman Tate will have something to do with him being mm-hmm. put in jail. Like the demise of ghost is going to be a collaborative effort. Like they're going to end up bringing all these people in and it's going to come down to, do they all betray right. ghost and put so everything about, on him? No, I agree. And then let's go back a little bit to Tasha. What does she think she's going to do without ghost? Like if he goes down, she goes down. Don't you think? Unless she finds some way to partner up with Tommy. Cause she was contemplating if Tommy should take him out or not. But she's talking about she wants to get a divorce and all this. And he's like, you have no money. But then she threatened him. But still, don't you think if Ghost goes down, she goes down? In some respects, yes, because Tasha's not stupid. Um, and they know she's not stupid. And I think what's going to be for her is going to be the same thing that they tried yeah. to do the last time where they're going to try to get her a deal to flip. And if she gets a divorce from him, then she can testify against him and put and push herself away from him and kind of put it on him and they'll give her leeway because one who you know whoever comes in first gets the better deal and two she'll have to be the primary caretaker of their two children that are left out in the world so you know i think in in some respects i don't blame tasha for wanting a divorce like look (laughs) Look how how her and daughter are living. They were going from hotel to hotel, and Ghost was not even concerned about his daughter. The daughter that no one ever sees and no even know what the fucking exists is crazy to me. They only could focus on Tariq and Raina, and this little girl has gotten the shit in the sticks since episode one. I mean, the first time we seen her, she's like ten years old now in this episode. Like, what the fuck? How did she get so big? She's like, yeah, I mean. <laughs> Because we ain't never seen her. And what took me out was when the Fed showed up to our hotel room. And, she's, and then she's like, Mommy! And we're like, you can't see right. her. Right. Like, that, <laughs> that whole situation was fucking weird child. to begin with, with that the last daughter. And I feel like ghosts act like she don't even exist. Because you look at the last episode and you see the apartment they moved into. Don't get me wrong. It's not a bad apartment. But it's nowhere like they were living before. It's not and as so, luxurious. Right. So for ghosts to have his... Not even try to get to point where he's like, I got more than her. I got more going on. My daughter's going to stay here with me. He's not even fighting for his last daughter. So it's just like, there's a lot of things about ghosts that I'm just not liking and that I'm not seeing. A lot of his stuff is very selfishly motivated. And it all started with Angela. Everybody told him, you start fucking with that girl, our life's going to go to shit. And guess what's happened? It's been nothing but bullshit after bullshit dealing with her. I, I just... I don't know. And there's a part of me that's like, is Angela really dead? Okay. So I hate to spoil it because I thought the same thing too. But yes, she is. 
<laughs> so I like read an article and Courtney Kemp, unless they're lying to us, but Courtney Kemp pretty much was like, we went back and forth between two different storylines and I was persuaded not to have her, not to fake her death. They thought about it. They thought about having that as a storyline. I'm glad that they didn't though. I'm yeah. glad that they didn't. I'm glad that she's really gone. You know why? Because if you think about it all through the power series, once a person has too much information, they're dead. Yep, that's what she said. She says, so we're going to see. Angela, yep. Angela's seen the full picture at that point. Yep. There was no use for her anymore. So, that, so it's, it's, yeah. So, you know what that makes me think? Proctor could be next. Because he, know, he knows every fucking thing. And she even said it, like, when we read the article. As you can see, people who know a lot in this series end up dying. And that's what's going to be. She said, uh, we're going to see a lot of... um major characters die off this season and proctor is one and can we talk about how shady his fucking wife is oh my god yeah her putting that tracker on the daughter's backpack was really fucked up and that's gonna cause a lot of implications a lot of problems for a lot of people um it can implicate tommy it can implicate ghost it can implicate proctor himself but the thing about proctor is that he still has that laptop oh my gosh that's a laptop Who's to say that he won't use that as his get out of jail free card to get away from ghosts and whatever they have going on? Because no one knows he's got that get, get out of jail free card but him. So, you know, that's what I'm saying. It's going to get to a point where everybody flips, but it's going to be who do they flip on? Is it all going Because isn't this season called the final betrayal? So mm-hmm. who's the final betrayal going to be on? We're going to really see who that betrayal is going to be on and how it all ends. Does it end with everybody dead? Or does it end with some people in jail and some people dead? I think a lot of people are going to die this season. It's all on how they die and when they die and who's the one that kills them. Like Dre. <laughs> He's in witness protection. Yeah, but he just found out Angela's gone. Is he going to stay in witness protection or is he going to disappear before they move He's going to disappear. Watch. <laughs> that boy is not and staying in witness protection. And it makes me think on top of that, that Ghost is going to try to get Dre in his corner to get rid of Tommy because Dre has always wanted to take over Tommy's business. And now he feels like Dre has his business because all the people that were working under him are now working under Tommy, right? The whole thing was always to try to get rid of Tommy. That was his main thing so he could be the right-hand man to Ghost, right? Right. Or have his own thing or get rid of the both of them, right? right? So now Ghost is in the situation with Jason, and he's telling him, you killed Tommy. You got to sell drugs for me. There's no way I'm not doing that. Well, if you don't do that, then you got to find your replacement. Right. Now, Drake comes into the picture because he may not stay in witness protection anymore, right? No. So if he doesn't stay in witness protection and Dre and, 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 if, and, if, and if Go sees it as an opportunity to not kill Dre because he wants to get rid of Tommy because his hatred is more for Tommy than for Dre, he will play that to his advantage. Yeah, you make a good point. And you know what? Jason is playing the both of them. He's smart as fuck, and he pretty yeah. He's smart as hell, and the crazy thing about it, he's playing them, and it's a great time to play them because they're not talking to each other. He's and he, and Jason are. Let me just say, Jason already is looking at Tommy like sideways, like he already doesn't trust Tommy, and so that's why he pretty much told Tommy like, "Look, I will. I'll let Ghost kill you. <laughs> you think I'm playing? I will let Ghost kill you." And so what had me thinking at the end of that episode, because Ghost was like, he was like, look, like, I can't be out of a distro. And he was like, you're going to have to take his place. And he's like, no, I can't do that. And he was like, well, who's it going to be? And it, it kind of got me thinking, like, OK, who else would it be? Tyreek? 
I so I think Dre is going to come play into that picture. If Dre comes back into the picture and 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 Ghost knows about it, I guarantee you Ghost is going to try to get him to replace Tommy. I'm gonna kill Tommy, oh. and that'll make us be good on um, whatever it is that we had going on between the two of us, right? That'll make us solid, right? Because you're going to take out Tommy for me and I'm not going to have to kill my own brother. You're going to do it and then you're going to replace him and you're going to be in with good, good with Jason. You're going to get what you always wanted anyway. Hmm. That's how I think it's going to play, especially if Dre doesn't stay in witness protection program. Because if I'm telling you, if Ghost sees it as an advantage for him, he is going to make sure that he doesn't necessarily have to be the one to do it. And maybe if he's the one to do it, like, hey, I'm going to take Tommy out. And in, and in place of that, to make us even and make us good for the shit that you did, you take over for this business because I don't want to be in it. Right. You know who else has to go? Sax. And then when we were just talking about how people who usually are killed off are people who have a lot of the information, it has me thinking what's going to happen with that one detective who they brought onto um, the task force, you know, the lady who put all the pieces together, like she, she knows shit. Like you cannot fucking lie to that lady. Like she's on to everybody. Yeah. She's either going to be the hero or she's going to die. It's going to be one or the other. Um, And if she ends up getting on Tommy's path, I think she'll die. I think if she gets on Ghost's path, I think, I don't know necessarily that she'll die because Ghost is not going to kill a federal prosecutor. Tommy, don't give a fuck. If you got to go, you got to go. (laughs) Right. You know, so it it depends on who she catches on to first, really. And I honestly think the sister may play a role in this too because she really wants mm-hmm. Ghost to go down. Mm-hmm. So we don't really know how that's going to play out. But um, Tasha kind of had to check her. Like, right. what? And I, but I think it was a mistake for her to bury that phone in the casting with Angela. You never know Me if too. her pull that thing up again. Me I too. think that was a huge mistake. When she took that's that in I that said. girl... And that girl's casket, I was like, ooh, no, you should have threw that in the river, broke it up and threw it in the river, got rid of the SIM card. You should have never buried that with Angela because you never know if they're going to come back and say, we need to exhume that body and find that fucking cell phone. That shit's going to blow the whole thing out the water. That's what I said. The moment she did that, I was like, no. I was like, I don't think that was, I was like, I don't think that was a good idea. Why did she do that? Because I'm thinking the same thing you're thinking. Something's going to happen. They're going to find that fucking phone. Yeah, they're going to have to exhume her body again. I guarantee it. And it's going to be some weird shit going on with that. And that's when I th- <laughs> I was playing that whole conspiracy theory is Angela really dead. So they re-exhume her body and her body's not in there. Where the fuck did she go? That's what I was thinking too the whole time. Like I'm like, I kind of wish <laughs> I would have kept that in there. But I get it. But hey, you never know. But I am hearing that. Um, I'm not 100% sure on it. But I think this is what they're going to do is the... F- it's going to be two parts this season. So we're going to get the first 10 episodes and then the last five we won't uh, get until next year. They're killing me. <laughs> and then 48 hours after that power book two will start. Okay. Well, power book two, I'm really excited to to get on. I really want to see what other shows 50 has in store. I follow him on Instagram just for that reason to see what new mm-hmm. shows he's coming out. Um, Power was uh, is a great show. Um, I'm glad that there's going to be a, a second part to it. It's not really ending. This just this this section of the story is is coming to an end, which I'm really excited about. Um, this is one of the best 
best seasons of power. And I like the way that they've built the story and how now this season is going to come to all kind of culminations. And people have bought into these characters. People have their favorites of who they want to see at the end. And I'm really interested on how all these characters develop. Like what happens with Tariq and his new crew? You know, is that girl going to become his new Tasha and they're going to be in a relationship or, you know, what's going to happen with that? And What's going to happen with the daughter? Like, are they ever going to get into what happens to the younger daughter or she's just a fixture? You know, what's going to happen to um, um, Governor Tate and what he's got going on? Like, that guy is a, a monster to me. I don't know what the hell's going on with him, but something's not right about him. So what's going to go on with him? Like, there's just so many. Keisha, is she going to stay down the entire time or is she going to end up flipping? Proctor, is he going to use his get out of jail free card with that whole um, laptop situation, or is it going to be something that catches them on that damn, um, tracker that was on the daughter's backpack? Like there's just so many loose ends. And even like with this whole Angela's, um, insurance stuff, like, is that going to come back to bite them in the ass that she's not going to end up getting that because she didn't make the deal fully with them. Like it's just so many open holes in this story. There's a lot to button up. And then we still have the female witness. So yeah. And we still have that female witness that knows who ghost is and they don't know who, who, who he has no idea who she is. So it should be really interesting how all these things come together in the end. But I think that some of us are, I think all of us are going to be surprised on whatever happens. So in every episode, you can't wait for the next one. Oh, yes. And the one last thing, the one last thing I want to say about power is I absolutely loved it when Tommy showed up to Angela's funeral. Ah, Oh, my God. That shit was crazy as fuck. On Ghost's face was (laughs) priceless. It's like he literally seen a ghost. (laughs) Ghost seen a ghost. That shit was crazy. I'm like, these people then fucked this woman up, then killed this woman, and they all then showed up to the fucking funeral. And Tommy is the one who pulled the fucking trigger. And it was so priceless when Ghost looked down at Tasha and said, You knew Tommy like, was yep. alive? And she's like, Yep, with a big ass smile on her face. That shit was crazy as fuck. He was like, Tasha, you knew that Tommy wasn't alive. <laughs> That shit was funny as fuck. I'm you like, know, and there's a part of me that wants to feel bad for Ghost, but I don't feel bad for that nigga. He's getting everything he deserves. <laughs> everything he deserves. I, I don't think he got enough yet. I cannot. I'm, I'm, I'm Team Tommy all the way. But the thing that had me cracking up too is when Tasha like came to the hotel or to the penthouse. He's like, Tasha, how'd you get up here? I took your name off the list, and don't ever come back. This is my house. Yeah, he's trifling. Ghost is trifling. He gotta go. I wouldn't kill Angela. She was the love of my life with a wedding ring still on your finger and you still married and still begging your wife not to leave you because of the optics. Nigga, get the fuck off. Let me just say some of this shit. Like, some of the scenes are funny as fuck. He's gotta go. Ghost gotta go. Okay, even if he does have to go, like, he can't go too soon. <laughs> no, you can't go too soon. But I mean, they gotta drag it out or whatever. I don't care if it's the very last episode he dies. As long as he doesn't, as long as he dies before Tommy, that's all I care about. Tommy has got to be the last person standing. The only reason why I say that is because Tommy has been true to his character from the beginning. Who Tommy is is who Tommy is, and I don't know how many people that Tommy has eliminated from his life because of Ghost. 
And it's time for ghosts to go lullaby. It's time for Mimi's ghost. It's time to go to sleep. Man, I almost wish like they just put all the episodes on there like Netflix. <laughs> I would binge watch this shit. People wouldn't sleep. Huh? People wouldn't sleep. That means you'd be up eight hours straight binge watching power. Man. And as crazy as we are as fans of this show, we watch it two or three times before we fully feel like we've digested the entire episode. So, right. man, you'd be up for days watching that. Like, no, I got to watch that again. And so last thing I'm going to say on this is 50. This is what the fuck I want to hear come Saturday night. I want to hear Joe. Bring that old thing back ASAP. Yes, please bring that old thing back. That's what I want, 50. Bring that old thing back ASAP, please. Um, and we have one last topic that we are going to talk about on today's episode. And that is y'all motherfuckers losing your fucking mind over fucking Popeyes. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So let me just start off with this. When I first heard about the Popeye sandwich, I was like, oh, that's cool. They came out with a sandwich. Everybody's saying it's pretty good. Whatever, whatever. What changed my mind about this whole Popeye's chicken sandwich situation is when people started fighting employees, people started fighting each other, people bringing in their own loaves of bread. <laughs> like, it's getting too much. Like, it's too much. What the hell did they do to this chicken to where people are out here acting a whole ass over a goddamn chicken sandwich? No, no. And I keep saying to myself, I know. I know, black people, that you know somebody in your family that cooked Popeye's chicken <laughs> or cooked chicken better than Popeye's. Popeye's just happened to be one of the better franchises that are out there. And y'all out here acting like whole-ass coons over a chicken sandwich <laughs> that you could probably find better yourself. Niggas is literally out here for blood really looking to pop folks' eyes out over this sandwich. It, it, it's gone beyond enjoying a sandwich. It's gone to be to be ridiculous. Like people are going in there selling sandwiches on eBay. Really? Really? You want people to bid on a sandwich on eBay by the time they get that sandwich? They ain't going to want that funky ass sandwich. You got people going in the Popeye's early in the morning buying all the sandwiches and trying to resell them for double the price. Don't nobody want no cold ass chicken That's sandwich? Like, <laughs> that is fucking absurd to me. Like Popeye's, what the fuck is in these sandwiches? I want to know. Crack. <laughs> <laughs> Crack, it's a hell of a drug. I'm telling you, something ain't right with them chicken sandwiches. And the way they, they know how black people feel about chicken. And I feel like it's an epidemic. <laughs> they need to stop. They need to stop. <laughs> they need to stop. They got black people acting like, like back to the slavery days. On some fucking chicken. <laughs> like some real, like, and I don't even like talking about my people like this. But y'all was out here acting like some real coons, some real jigaboos over some fucking chicken sandwiches. It's outrageous, man. Get a grip. Get a hold of yourself. I understand you want to enjoy a nice chicken sandwich. Great. I'm all for it. But when you have to fight people that work at Popeye's over a goddamn sandwich, when you're climbing through the drive-thru window and fighting the lady in the drive-thru window, where they have to put you in a full Nelson and push you back out the window, that's a problem. Like, that's not normal. That is not normal. You should not be out there acting like that over no goddamn chicken Y'all sandwich. Y'all better be cool. These outrageous. Popeye's employees don't play, and I ain't mad at them. You don't get... <laughs> I'm not... At, you, these people are exhausted. They have had enough. <laughs> they have had enough. Talking about they're coming back 
for life in the back in November or October or something crazy like that. Like, man, I hope they never bring them back. <laughs> and people didn't quit and shit over this. And I just recently seen some shit where these people robbed the Popeyes, not for money, for the chicken sandwiches. They stuck the establishment. Come on, dog. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You see what I'm money for the for the fucking that's some real that's some real niggerish shit. I'm sorry to say that, but that is real niggerish. What you robbing Popeyes? That's where it's come to. Where we're robbing Popeyes for chicken sandwiches? Come on, man! You gonna do a five to ten year bid for some chicken? <laughs> that don't even make no sense, man. <laughs> I cannot do it. It, it, just, it, 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 it it's breaking my heart to see my people out here acting like this over some chicken sandwich. I like can't take savages. it. I can't take it. <laughs> Enjoy all the chicken you want. I don't care. Enjoy all the chicken you want. But I have a problem when you're saying you're enjoying a chicken and you got to put your fist through somebody's face to enjoy that sandwich. It ain't that good. It's not that good. And you know, I I don't even want it. They completely turned me off on the sandwich. I don't want to smell. I don't even want Popeye. I can no. I gave up meat, but I'm telling you right now, the sandwich is not that good. Yeah, I just I can't I can't take it. And like I said, enjoy all the chicken sandwiches your heart desires. But when you when I get on the internet and get on social media and there are multiple videos of people doing dumb shit over a goddamn chicken sandwich, it's not about the sandwich anymore. And it's embarrassing to me. It's embarrassing to see people that look like me act like this over a chicken sandwich. It's not that serious. Right. I had seen something that said, well, if somebody put as much as support as they did into black businesses and their black community, we would, we would have come a long way. Because there was not one damn commercial about this chicken sandwich. They got all this motherfucking free promo from social media and majority. Of they the got black close people. to 25 they got close to $25 million in free advertisement on this fucking chicken sandwich from people posting and reposting all on social media, free advertisement, all that free advertisement on social media. Can somebody please do that for our podcast? <laughs> I was just about to say that shit. Like for real, <laughs> if you fuck with us, can we, get, can we get that 25 mil of free advertisement? Come on. If you fuck with us a long way. Help us tell some sisters out. If you fuck with us heavy, please promote our podcast like you promote that Popeye's chicken sandwich with the special with the special sauce. Special sauce. <laughs> the spicy one, because I heard the spicy one is heavy. <laughs> we like it spicy. <laughs> I cannot. I cannot. These chicken sandwiches brought on a whole new side to people. Like, bitch, it's I thought I knew you. Not until I see what you was doing for a Popeye's chicken sandwich. Right? <laughs> Talking about what you're going to do. You're going to do something strange for some change? No, I'll do something strange for that chicken sandwich, though. I'll be like, twerk this pussy like this for a fucking Popeye's chicken sandwich. Chicken sandwich. Come on, dog. <laughs> Pussy popping on a handstand for a chicken sandwich. That's too too fucking much. So black people, like I said, or people in general, because I don't like seeing nobody out there acting a goddamn fool over no damn sandwich. Y'all need to get a grip on life, man. Everything for this shit. I'm like, I've done like an ESPN app. Like you get updates like, oh, the Lakers have just acquired for Dwight Howard. Um, They've traded Boogie or whoever. Like literally, they got an ESPN. I'm not downloading no Popeye's app. That is the most niggerish shit I've ever heard in my life. You got a whole chicken app on your phone? No. 
No, I do not need no Popeye's alerts on my phone. Fuck out of here. No. Fuck you mean a whole alert. Like, oh, we got the chicken set. sign on uh, Krispy Kreme where you cars go veering to go get some Krispy Kremes. No, 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 no. It's not that serious on no damn chicken sandwich. That is too damn funny. And quite frankly, Kings is better anyway. <laughs> I'll take some Kings chicken strips and some bread and some lemonade over that damn chicken sandwich oh any my, day. Hey, Kings, we need the sponsor. <laughs> yeah, and you need to find out how to make that sauce without mayonnaise, players. <laughs> Let me tell y'all, if she is better. You ruined it. You ruined it. Let me tell y'all, she is dead ass serious about y'all making that sauce without the fucking um, mayonnaise because she had texted me me one day talking about, I've been thinking about this. (laughs) We got to replace it with cream cheese. I'm serious. Dead ass. Cream cheese. They can replace it with cream cheese, sour cream. There's so many different choices to not have to fucking use mayonnaise. There's a way to make that sauce without mayonnaise. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to go get me some canes and I'm going to play with it until I get it to match because there's got to be a way to make it without mayonnaise. No, no, everybody don't like mayonnaise, bro. I don't need no mayo in my life at all. <laughs> On all levels. <laughs> On all levels. On all fucking levels, man. I fucking tell you that that was a very depressing day. And I was like, I'm sorry. Man, we found out that mayonnaise was in that, that sauce. That was so fucking depressing. I, I can't even tell you how depressed. Like, you know how good that sauce was until I heard there was mayonnaise in it? Like, that's I'm, like, I'm sorry to break it to you. And I'm sorry to break it to you. I was like, <laughs> what? I was disgusted. Like, James, you just, oh, you just broke my heart. You're like, shit really broke my heart with that yeah i just i can't with that sauce i can't do it and and you know i don't fuck with the coleslaw either (laughs) yeah because it has mayonnaise i don't know no man that's like like get rid of the coleslaw and give me extra piece of one of them breads man throw extra bread get rid of the coleslaw i don't need the coleslaw that bread and give me them chicken strips and i used to like give me double shots (laughs) No, I can't even get sauce. (laughs) Minus the sauce. I don't want no sauce. And give me a lemonade (laughs) while you're at it. I don't even eat meat, but I still go to Cane's and get fries, Texas toast, and a large lemonade. Man, I'm telling you, man. They they killed the game with that. They killed the game when they said that that the base of that sauce was mayonnaise. I'm never gonna I'm never gonna really let that go until I figure out how to make it without the mayonnaise. And they, everybody out here crying about Popeye's chicken sandwiches. We got a sauce dilemma on our hands. <laughs> the hell is that damn dilemma. chicken sandwich? That, that is too damn much. Amen. Saucy. That, that's, that's crazy. Like I said, give us that promo instead of Popeye. <laughs> Popeye's don't need that extra promo. And you know what? I really want to know for real. If you out there and you really support this whole Popeye's chicken sandwich movie, I want to hear from you. I really do. If you've already had one, you out there slanging them, whatever it is you got going on, I'm trying to hear your story on why you feel like this chicken sandwiches is just so above all the rest. Because everybody acting like these chicken sandwiches are the second coming. So I really need to know from somebody that's trying it because I refuse to eat it. I'm not doing it. Do you know anybody who's had it? 
not just people on social media. <laughs> not nobody personally in my life, because I told everybody in my life, don't tell me nothing about it. If you go eat that chicken sandwich, <laughs> I, I don't want to hear nothing about it. Don't text me. Don't email me a picture of it. I don't want to know nothing about it. I'm telling you, I was totally turned off when I saw people fighting Popeye's employees. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, Man. these people got to come to work. You fighting over a sandwich? You climbing through drive through windows? You fighting people in line? Like, come on, man. It it ain't never been. The drive through is out the street and around the corner and around the block? Come on, man. You would think it's like a sporting event or a concert. <laughs> people trying to get to the Jordans. It's just as bad as right. people and trying people to get to Jordans. Getting mad. And people were getting mad when people say, well, I hope black people have the same energy when it's time to go vote. And people are like, oh, blah, 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 blah. Well, shit, yeah. Look at who our president is. <laughs> and actually, shout out, there was a boy, shout out to this boy who actually went out there and registered black people to vote. It was this young boy. He was like, oh, y'all motherfuckers yeah. is lining up for these chicken sandwiches. Well, guess what? I'm going to register y'all to vote. Shout out to him. Shout out to that young man that was out there registering people to vote while they was waiting for them crack chicken sandwiches that's what I think they are they got cracking sandwiches people don't act like that over no chicken that ain't normal man it ain't normal it ain't normal I refuse it's not normal is it chicken shit it might be half pigeon I'm you done. don't know <laughs> you fucking you don't know you know what no okay so we talk about this chicken sandwich right just real quick it, this, we're going to have to have a show on this because this whole ticket sandwich started making me think about how we get our food and how it's mass produced and how are they building these chickens and these cows so fast to where you can go in the store and get any type of steak anytime you want, any kind of chicken you want, any type you want, any grocery store you want to go to. They got chicken, steak, fit, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Where is all this shit coming from? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that ain't normal. You, we shouldn't be able to get everything on supply and demand like that. Mm-hmm. And so it makes me think, what the hell are those chicken sandwiches? What are we eating? Mm-hmm. That's why the uh, vegetarian life and the pescatarian life became a lot more appealing to me. <laughs> exactly what you just said. I'm, I'm, man, I'm shit. I'm sticking with Chick-fil-A. Fuck what y'all talking about. Chick-fil-A and El Pollo Loco. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck what y'all talking about. I'll keep getting my taco salads from El Pollo Loco, and I'll keep getting my chicken sandwiches from Chick-fil-A. She's going to be like, LeBron, it's El Pollo Loco Tuesday. Right? (laughs) And my chicken salad sandwiches at at, um, Chick-fil-A. Fuck you mean. Chicken salad Tuesday. (laughs) Real talk. Y'all got the game fucked up, man. I'm not about to be out here like no dope fiend over no chicken sandwich. That's what y'all look and like. And LeBron, I'm hella mad at you for trying to trademark that shit, nigga. <laughs> he out of pocket, bro. How long is talking to this going on? And his bitch ass gonna try to trademark it. Who the fuck does that? LeBron, you got me dying over here. I cannot believe he trademarked that. People be talking about your tacos, dog. His gentrified tacos. <laughs> those are gentrified tacos. He got a chef making those shit. You have L.A., my nigga. <laughs> Man, you're in California, my dude. We got the best Mexican food besides Mexico. Okay? You can you can bank on that. All these people talking about, oh no, Texas. Texas my ass. That Texas Mex shit is got nothing on Mexican food in California. 
period. And the lower, the closer you get to the border, the better the shit gets. I'm just being honest with you. If you haven't had Mexican food in Mexico or California, then you ain't had Mexican food. Hands down, I don't care where you're at. I don't care if you're in, you're in New York. You ain't had Mexican food till you've been to California or Mexico. Hands down, Period. So anybody that is living in LA with their gentrified tacos talking about Taco Tuesday, no. No. When you go to the taco cart and you get them tacos there, then let's talk about Taco Tuesday. Yeah, we're gonna send a taco truck like to your a- house, bruh. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. That's like talking about Taco Tuesday and you at Chevy's. Fuck out of here. <laughs> Fuck, when I heard I'm like LeBron, somebody already came up with that. How are you trademarking that? Because <laughs> he's a businessman. You can't really be mad at him for making a business move, but really, bro, you gonna trademark Taco Tuesday? Come on, man. Get out of here. That's why we need to trademark that uh free titty Tuesday or whatever the day we were talking about, where we don't have to wear a bra. I'm serious, man. Everybody trademarking everything and making money. I'm trying to trademark. I too. looked up a couple of them. They already have it as a national day. I'm gonna I'm gonna think of one, maybe a free titty Friday. <laughs> yeah, like something as simple as um um outfit of the day. A girl trademarked outfit of the day, and she's getting paid off of that. Free like, on Friday. Come on. Free on Friday. <laughs> Man, something. Cause look, it's too damn hot to be wearing a motherfucking bra. My, my titties need to be free. <laughs> Man, I just put that on Twitter not too long ago. Boob sweat is a real epidemic. And be like, oh my god, your nipples. I, y'all seen nipples before? Ain't no nipple gonna kill you. <laughs> Everybody got him. Exactly. <laughs> it's okay for men to be out with their nipples, but I can't be out with mine. Fuck exactly. you, man. For real. Exactly. Like, I'm, I'm in tears. Like I'm dead. Before I'm dead. Because a little nipple is like shooting out of a fucking shirt. Like you can't even see the damn boob. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Hey, you know, some people can't compose themselves. <laughs> they see nipples and they go crazy. They don't know what to do with themselves. I wonder people's, like, infatuation with body parts. Like, people get, like, so... <laughs> people go crazy over boobs, thighs, like, booty. I'm like, damn, do people get excited for a motherfucking elbow? What, for <laughs> a nose? I mean, shit, you probably do. People got fun fetishes and everything else. I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I like, would damn, not be surprised. That hella sexy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. No, I agree. I think there are people out there that are like that, that are into shit that you're like, why? Like those people that sit on watch those YouTube videos of people smacking on big ass food. <laughs> I don't they call it ASLM or A I forget what they call that shit. But I'm like, who the fuck gets off watching people eat food? That's and they're all smacking and, wah, 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 and they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I'm telling you, people are there are freaks out there. There are freaks out there that are on a whole nother level of freak. Like we it's stuff that we didn't even imagine that people are into. Like the cucumber thing. Oh Lord. Come on, man. You got people doing all kind of shit with cucumber. Somebody had to get a cucumber surgically removed. Come on, man. You're doing too much with the, with the produce, bro. You're out here licking home produce and doing all kind of crazy shit with it and putting it back on the shelf? 
who, who, who raised you? No. No. And then these nasty motherfuckers going around licking ice cream and putting it like... I'm telling you, the world is full of fucking freaks, man. Something's not right with the world. People are sick. People are sick. I don't know why you thought that was cute. None of that is cute. None of it. Y'all, y'all it. just got to get some more toys, but leave the food away. Leave the food alone. <laughs> That's dangerous, y'all gotta, man. Y'all got to leave dangerous. the food fucking alone. Get a toy. Y'all gonna make y'all gonna make cucumbers disgusting. People ain't even want to touch cucumbers. You gonna have to soak your cucumbers in vinegar before you eat them. <laughs> Damn, they're eating pickles. Cause y'all want to go to the store and do nasty shit with produce. Who like wants? buy the shit, then take it home. I don't need to know what you're doing at the store. What you're doing with it? <laughs> buy the shit. Take that shit home and do all that. Like, like, and why is that sexy? That ain't sexy to me. If I'm a dude, that what is that? What is sexy about some girl slobbing all over a cucumber? Right, she shouldn't be slobbing all over your dick instead of that. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand it. That that brings me to another point. I know we're going all off topic, but if you were a man, we should have this as as a topic one day. But I'm just gonna shoot this out here. If you were a man and you had a penis for a day, what was the first thing you would do with it? <laughs> Shit. Wow. I don't know. Some bitches might say chop it off. <laughs> Not me. If I'm a dude for a day and I got a penis, I'm getting my dick sucked. That's and the first thing I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. If we can elaborate on that the next time. <laughs> that's what we're going to call it a quiz. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so I'm so think about it. I'm gonna ask you about it on the next episode. And I'll elaborate on why that's my answer. I am sweat. <laughs> hey, good way to end the show. Yes, very good way to end the show. Make sure you hit us up at we peeped at first at gmail.com. We peeped at first on Instagram, Twitter, the topic queen, peep the one and only on Instagram and Twitter, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Give us a call. Give us a buzz. Help donate to help sustain episodes and promote us like you promote that fucking Popeye's chicken sandwich. Yeah, I said it. (laughs) Real talk. I want that 25 mil worth of promotions. Outro. Peace. Don't ever, ever forget we peeped it first.